bit to the beat. And welcome to the Spit to the Beat podcast. I'm your host, Stacey, a.k.a. Beat Unstoppable Per Year. And we are back live in the virtual studio today. But before we get started, I definitely want you to check out. You'll be able to catch some of these video clips of this show and all my other shows on my Facebook page at Stacey Beat Unstoppable Per Year as well as Stacy Spit to the Beat per year. Also, go on to my YouTube channel, and don't forget to subscribe, like, and hit that notification button where you can catch the full clip of this video on Spit to the Beat. I really do appreciate it. And welcome to the show. I got a great guest in the studio uh, waiting to bring her on in just a second. But I want to let all my subscribers, my sponsors know that I really do appreciate you of being part of my show and helping me to produce this show each and every Thursday where you catch new episodes of Spit to the Beat podcast. And also, if you'd like to be my guest, email me at myguestspittothebeat.com or give me a call at 901-341-6777. Now, without further ado, I want to bring in my guest. She's a native of Little Rock, Arkansas, so I'm going to let her introduce herself as she come on. Hey, hey. How you doing, Miss Nikki? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy to be here, and thank you for your patience again. Great. Inviting me on here, but uh, thank you for having me. I am Nikki Parrish. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm a vocalist. I've been singing for ooh, maybe more than 20 years. Uh, I used to sing back up for Smokey. I think I've won uh, the Apollo and Showtime at the Apollo about six or seven times. And I'm still just still out here just doing my thing. And I have an EP coming out soon. Awesome, awesome. So let's talk about the winnings at the Apollo Showtime at the Apollo and the BET Apollo. How was that? Ex- yeah, how was that experience for you? Ah, uh, well, in the back in the day when it when it when I first competed, that's when Steve Harvey was the host, and um, there was a lady by the name of Donna Grady Creer, who was with the um, Gospel Announcers Guild, who um, and actually she and I had the same birthday as Ella Fitzgerald. But she got me on her and a lady named Mardine Fields, who was another host of Bobby Jones Gospel. Um, I got a chance to compete. And at that time, it wasn't um, on the air like, you know, we have the the YouTube videos, online videos and stuff like that. So um, I've got a chance to compete and got all the way up to the top dog and couldn't afford to go back. So this last time I competed, um, I won all the money that I spent to get there. Uh, and then I got invited onto the TV show where I won first place. That was with Dougie Fresh, um, Gladys Knight, and and Michael Bivens. So, yeah, I won that. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days when they was judging the uh, Apollo at that time. So mm-hmm. you got out. I would say, what's the word, uh, 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 accolade uh, of a recognition from one of the greatest legendary icon in the music industry. She was referring to your voice as a raw gift from God, Miss Gladys Knight. How did you 
receive that? Uh, so first of all, I had to pinch myself because I, I didn't think I was, you know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't asleep. Um, so, so it's a lot of things that, that goes on behind the scenes that you don't see, of course, because, you know, okay. they have to cut it and edit it. Um, the guy before me, um, he did a, a boys to men song and he came out with some roses and he had all the ladies all hype and stuff. And I had to come right behind him. So that's why you hear Ducky Fresh made a statement that I came in and changed the whole setting of the room. Okay. When they first, when they first um, talked about us and to get that, to get that uh, remark from, from Gladys Knight, um, I don't know. I wanted to cry. I, I had so many emotions <laughs> going on. <laughs> because we're talking about the, I mean, in, and you know, we talk about Gladys who can still glow, still go, still blow. She still sound the same. And I, and for her to tell me welcome, oh man, I'm getting chills thinking about that now. That's you like know, that's like the stamp of approval, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. Ain't nobody take that away from you. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to come off that stage and hug her. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I want to get close to her, but yeah, she um so we actually tied, that guy and I tied, and so they had to break the tie mm-hmm. at the end of the show. And she stood up for me. And when she stood up, they was like, y'all better let her, you you know. It was... What, what was your yeah. song of choice? I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Okay, okay. We're going to talk about that in a second. I ran across <laughs> something today about that song. So yeah. let, let tell me... Uh, in your bio, it, you describe as a diverse singer, opera, rock, soul, soul, R&B, everything. How do you encompass all of that in your in your work and in your performance? A lot of that came from experience. Um, when I first started singing, I've never had any vocal training. Uh, my mom, uh, back in the day, she was a singer. Um, I don't know if you heard of, ever heard of Art Porter. Yes. You may have heard of his son. Well, my mom, growing up, she used to sing with Art Porter, and she did a lot of opera singing. You know, they did a lot of uh, uh, Negro spiritual songs and stuff like that. She was always first soprano. And she sang in the choir at our church. So I would mimic her, and then I knew every song on the radio. And (laughs) growing up, my mom used to tell me I was too loud (laughs) (laughs) and to shut up. But um, you were singing all over the house, (laughs) all over the house. I played every record when my my parents would have a um, invite people over to play cards. I would be their DJ. And then my middle sister took over that. So music was always a a big thing in our in our household. Um, So with that, listening to all the music because it's kind of like like even now I have the best of both worlds because I know all the old school Mm -hmm. and I know all the the new school. And um, and so as far as when I started singing with the band, I had to learn a lot from a lot of the, the um, I'll say our, I wouldn't say legends, but the, the ones that we looked up to coming up. Um, oh, they were so tough on me. They were so hard on me. But yeah. but they made me appreciate it more so because um, I'm, I'm a singer that listens to instruments as more than, than I would listen to voices. And so if... I had to learn to listen to a certain instrument. If I wanted to go back to the bridge, I had to listen to the instrument that was going to take me there. So that's why I'm really good at putting my own shows together 
how I, I know how I want to go in and out of songs. And and the only instrument that I play is actually the flute. The Nevis really? Nevis. Yeah. But my favorite instruments is um, are the bass and um, and drums. Um, even when I'm on the mic, I will tell the sound man to only put the bass guitar in my monitor and myself. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Um, but uh, does, but does then, that trigger all those different genres of, of sound? We, I mean, yeah. as for okay, yes, um, I got my octave range just mimicking my mom. Um, I've always been able to sing really, really high, you know, with um, singing songs like Minnie Ripperton, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have a range where I can sing very, very low, like Anita, you know, the Chardays or st- stuff like that. So I always had an appreciation for unique, unique stuff that stands out. Like if you you know, when you hear Anita Baker, you know, that's her. When you hear right. Patti LaBelle, you know, that's, that's her. And so I was taught to. Uh, be authentic. Whatever you sing, you got to make sure that that's what you sound like. That's all you do. So if you transition into jazz, if you transition into reggae, you need to sound like that's what you do on a regular basis. So, okay. uh, so and you I switch it buy, up like that. Yeah. I used to oh. buy a lot of CDs and I would read the the background and who wrote this. I was always into artists who knew how to captivate an audience like James Brown or um, Ella Fitzgerald with her scatting, Um, Jill Scott, the way she sets up a song, the way she engaged the audience, um, mid-condition. So I was always into singers who just was almost like a DJ, basically. You know, when you hear a DJ play music at a party he doesn't play the whole song he plays what the crowd is feeling at that moment and he play only enough to keep their attention and that's that's those are the kind of things that i picked up on and uh, as far as opera mm-hmm. um i learned a lot of that singing with philander smith choir i, w- I was singing first printable under, under the leadership of mr stephen hayes I had a so when they so when they reach out and ask for nick and nick can come with it all <laughs> I try, what, you know. Like whatever you need. I got opera, I got R and B, I got soul play, I got reggae. Hey. That's that's I amazing. Was afraid, I was just never afraid to try different stuff. You know, I always wanted even when I took a stab at rapping, they were like, Why are you rapping? Because my, my baby sister would tell me, mm-hmm. you're, you're too proper, you're talking to <laughs> <laughs> I, and I was trying to get her to understand that I had to learn the lyrics first. Then I okay. then I incorporate the style. Right. And so right. When, when she first heard me do it on stage, oh, it blew her mind. She said, You sound like you really know how to rap. I said, girl, that's just <laughs> I'm just pretending, please. But but to, um but to you would be amazed that, you know, I singing was my wasn't my first choice. I was mm-hmm. a ball player for all my life. I broke my ankle in high school playing basketball. Did you? And yeah, okay. uh, I've always been able to sing, but I was such a tomboy. Makeup, you didn't see me in no makeup, earrings. I learned a lot of my diva st- stuff from a lady named Brenda Neal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got into me when I first competed on Apollo. <laughs> she said, you better take yourself to the mall and let them put some makeup on your face so you can know how to wear makeup. Don't you go up there and get that. And I, oh, I'm, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I had a curl for long for years. Oh. So, yeah, it was just a, a big transition for me. I always liked the girly stuff, and I, and I knew that that's what I wanted to do, you know. 
Okay, yeah. cool, cool. So hold tight for a second. We'll take a PA break and we'll be right okay. back. Okay. Hey, this is Stacy, aka Beat Unstoppable Per You with Spit to the Beat Podcast. Would you like to be my guest if you're a singer, songwriter, musician, producer, or promoter? Give me a call at 901-341-6777 or email me at myguest at spittothebeat.com. And we're back to Spit to the Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey, a.k.a. Be Unstoppable Prayer. And I'm enjoying in my virtual studio with Miss Nikki Parrish, who's talking about so much. I mean, she's really spilling the, the knowledge of her music career. Now we're going to jump in on, let's go back a little bit. We talked earlier about um, Miss Whitney Houston, that iconic song that she sung, I Would Always Love You. I didn't know, and I just found this out really, that Dolly Parton was the original writer mm-hmm. of that song. She was. And, and Whitney took it to a whole nother level, as we know. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So how was your performance singing that song? What did it do for you in your career? Um, well, I've been, when it first came out, I've always done a lot of Whitney from the time she came up, when she first came out with You Give Good Love. Okay. And um, um, I just knew that this the second time around of competing on Showtime at the Apollo, because you're being judged by the by the crowd. I knew I had to pick something that's going to catch their attention immediately and and to also do something that's that's really daring. A lot of a lot of I mean, it's, it's a lot of Whitney that I don't do. So a lot of singers don't do a lot of Whitney. Whitney is like the ultimate golden voice that of all times, you know, she, her, her voice has always, will forever be, you know, present. I, right. I just don't, ever, I just don't, she will never go away. You know, she was, she will go down in the books in, in, in our history. So I just knew that for me, I had to, to try something that's a little bit challenging and to make sure that, you know, I hit the big notes. <laughs> To, to to show my range as well, but it it was definitely a scary moment, you know, to sing a Whitney song. Right when you it, it, when you make those attempts on those type of iconic singers, you really people really like okay, they're almost judging you to the point hard. of that singer, yeah, and very hard. So that was a brave move on your part. I I, I admire you for doing it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. awesome, awesome. You mm-hmm. talked you talked about your your octave voice. What are there in it? Uh, I would say, are there in an exercise that you use to keep your voice, you know, up in range and everything? What does the artist do? I do um, not like I should. I'm gonna be honest, but mm-hmm. um, I have a vocal coach, a great vocal coach. I actually don't like to tell people about him because <laughs> I don't want nobody to mess with him. But he's like the best kept secret. His name is Carlos Chapel. Um, I've been going to college for about maybe now for about 10 years. And um, um, he's worked with some major artists himself. But um, I um, he tells me he's try, he tried to make sure I don't get into bad habits. <laughs> but uh, but of course, you know, with with me singing up high and down low, I have to get enough rest. It's just like a muscle. Your vocal, mm-hmm. your vocal, your voice is just like a muscle. You have to train it. You have to condition it. You have to make sure you get enough rest. You have to eat right. Um, everybody knows I don't eat before I sing. 
Um, there are times when I'm traveling, if I have to sing out of town, I actually forget that I haven't eaten all day because I just don't eat before I sing. I try to eat something early. And if I don't eat before I leave, nine times out of 10, I won't. So, you know, yes, certain, certain foods will coat your throat if you're not careful. Yeah. You ain't never got lightheaded on stage, have you? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, wow. I, that, that, <laughs> you were supposed to ask that? Yes. It, it came to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do a song. <laughs> when I'm doing the uh, our corporate wedding and stuff, I sing with, um, um, I sing a lot in Memphis. So when we're doing the wedding and stuff, it's a song I do, I Will Survive. And then I would hold this note for a long time. And yeah, I've been... I had to kind of like just catch myself. The audience think I'm entertaining, <laughs> but I am. But I'm really trying to make sure I don't fall out and fail. Right. <laughs> I haven't eaten. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I try. I try to do better. It, you just have to really just be careful. And it, and if you're lazy at times and you're not careful, um, it's. I just I tell everybody you'll be you'll be better off getting a vocal coach, a good vocal coach, and someone that's going to be able to bring out the best because there are a lot of, I, I'm, I wouldn't, I don't know. I've, ever since I've been with Carlos, I haven't, haven't gone anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. Y'all been working together for a long time. I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's mm-hmm. amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. What are, are there any new projects Miss Nick is working on that's coming up in, I'm no, we halfway into the year or so, you know, got another half to go. So you have anything coming up in 2023 I, or we need to I look do, forward to uh, some. I do. I have an EP coming out. It's seven songs on that EP. Um, it was supposed to have been released last year. Um, okay. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure like a lot of people, you know, when you deal with a lot of death in the family, friends. And I was, I was, I think last year, I, I may have sang at about 10 funerals last year. Wow. And I, had, I had to sing at some funerals in my own family. So it was just quite a lot. And my dad, he's been gone for three years. So, um, I was actually scheduled to release my album on his birthday, but I ended up missing that because, you know, like I said, I was just, I was always on the go and, 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 and people needed me and I wanted to be there for them. So, but um, I am going to release it this year. If it's not next month, then I I may just wait again and try to release it on my dad. My dad's birthday is in October. Is entitled really what? It's called, uh, it's either called, I have two choices, so I don't want to. Okay. okay. So it's 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 kind of like round two or or uh, set two, basically. Yeah. Like I'm starting over again. I'm getting an, an, another opportunity to uh, present some new music, and and this time around, I'm able to do everything. I don't like to be stuck in a box. So I was getting ready to say that. What what type of flavor are we bringing with these this new? So go ahead. I got jazz, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I have some pop music on there. Um, there's another song that's kind of bluesy and with a little pop in it. Um, and um, I have another song that's going to mess a lot of people up. Um, there's a song that's called Halfway to Nowhere. Uh, there's this guy, um, producer, who's written for people like NSYNC, Boys to Men. And when I first heard it, and he only wrote the first verse of it, of the song. When I heard that song, I told my producer I wanted to, I want that song and I want to sing it that low. He said no. So I'm really like because it's called Halfway to Nowhere, and I want the feeling of being heartbroken and you know just kind of okay. lost and stuck in a in a 
in a position you don't know you don't know where you're going so what what are we doing basically you know so yeah it's called halfway to know it's in my my band loves it loves it you would not you wouldn't even think it's me when you hear it yeah awesome <laughs> look hold on one more time i'll take another pa break and we'll be right back no problem Hey, this is Stacy, a.k.a. Be Unstoppable Per You. Thank you for listening to our show, Spit to the Beat Podcast. If you would like to be a sponsor, visit our website at www.spittothebeat.com and click the support tab and leave a donation. We really will appreciate it. Thank you again for listening. Also, catch every episode Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And we're back to Spit to the Beat podcast. I'm your host, Stacey, a.k.a. Be Unstoppable Perya, and we're live virtually in the studio with my special guest all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, Miss Nikki Parrish, who's an extraordinary singer-songwriter, and she's just releasing new music that's coming out later this year. Let's talk about one other thing. I want to ask you, and i ask all my guests this, what advice would you give up-and-coming artist who's trying to break into the music industry, get their foothold, or what roles do they need to take and what they need to uh, avoid? Oh, that's a good question. That's a loaded question. Um, so for years, I've, I've been trying to be like an advocate for, for females because it's really, really harder for us in this in this music industry. Right. Um, the one thing I can honestly say is to, is to get your support group first, first and foremost. Um, the ones that are going to help you stay grounded, the ones that's going to protect you, um, um, guard you, and also be just be just be honest with you and support you. You know that the unconditional love that you need on it, where you can be yourself. Because you know you have once you step out the house, you have to turn it on and be a something something totally different. Um, the other thing is is to um, grind hard, learn everything about the business. Um, I'm not where I, I'm, I should be and where I want to be, but I do know enough to where I have I had been in positions where I have to, had to set up my own sound equipment. Um, I, I do all the driving if I have to. I do all the booking. So uh, because you know singers are known to be the lowest paid on the on on the ticket sometimes. You know, especially when you're in the band. So just just learn as much as as much as you can about the business. You you'll never stop learning. Um, um, network a lot. Um, if you find somebody that's really really um, nice and open to you, that that will support you and give you some advice, cherish those moments and 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 keep in touch with those people because you never know you may need to go back to those people and just and be careful how you burn bridges. Uh, but at the same time. If you're in a position where you're not you're not needed or wanted or appreciated, you have to be able to learn how to move on. Because a lot of people, do, some people can hold you back if you're not careful. Um, right. That's really it. That's all I can say. It's, it's, it's no more than just about life. Basically, you have to just take every every moment and seize it, no matter how big or small, and, and treat every opportunity as is if it's your last because people don't have to choose you. It's a blessing to be chosen out here. Um, it's a lot of performers, a lot of singers, musicians that are out there that are, that are hungry. So when you get the opportunity to be chosen, 
you should, that's a blessing. So you should cherish every opportunity that you get. You said something in that, uh, something I think is for you and, uh, and it's by you. As far as an artist, what are you, I'm just directing this towards you, back to you. What is your long-term ambitions and goals in your music career? Um, first of all, foremost, just create and, um, and release good music, you know, for all walks of life. Um, I also want to um, help a lot of other artists get started with artist development or whatever I can do to, to help our up and coming artists. We have some young, we got some babies out here coming out here playing mm-hmm. <laughs> seven <laughs> instruments at a time. And you just be like, this is, this is incredible. And they sound like they're seasoned musicians. Okay. And um, a lot of these babies, um, I say babies. <laughs> they babies. <laughs> I say that because um, a lot of them are coming up and they're getting taken advantage of. Um, and it's it's kind of hard in this business. It's a cutthroat business. So it's hard to find good people that want to see you win. So whatever I can do to, to help someone and, and, and to, of course, to own my own entertainment company. That way I can be better, um, better advocate for those that are coming up who may need my help. You know. That's great. That's great. Look, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for coming on the show or Spit to the Beat podcast and being my guest. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate your patience. Thank hey, you so much. Thank you. So mm-hmm. hold tight as I wrap up the show. Be right okay. back.